We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Jack Ramsey's live show. Danny Morang, Brandon Sprague. Sorry for the uh, weird time here, mostly because my day has been a complete disaster. Uh, I'll get into it real quick. Brandon doesn't even know what, what happened because I didn't want to waste his time uh, saying it twice. I woke up at 5.30 this morning to my wife saying, uh, Danny, the hot water's not working. And I'm thinking, mm, yeah, I've been here for a year. It's about time for shit to fall apart. <laughs> Hey, that's what they say about houses, right? You're always paying to fix uh, something. Uh-huh. And uh, I didn't pay to fix it. Papa had to buy a brand new one. Oh, a new water heater? On the spot. So you bought, let's recap this real quick. Headset? <laughs> yeah. The chair? Yeah. The couch? The couch. And a new water heater? Uh, yeah. It, what's it like to be flat broke? <laughs> So, I've been up since 5.30 this morning. Nice. I went to bed at 1.30. Then after dealing with the water heater, I was 15 minutes late to physical therapy, but I got the go-ahead from my post-op yesterday to really get after it. And so, my physical therapist kicked the shit out of me today. Then I had to go in and deal with, for my day job, end-of-month stuff. Mm-hmm. because I work with customs and shipping and all that kind of stuff. I've got a lot of paperwork I have to do <laughs> every single month that yeah. if I get wrong, let me tell you, it's a really good idea to work, do it where you're really tired and on painkillers because if you get it wrong, it's definitely not a half million dollar fine or jailable offense. <laughs> so then I came home and I looked at my wife and I'm like, I am sore. I am tired. I am exhausted. I am mentally spent. I am actually spent as I've spent $8,000 in the past four days. And <laughs> I need to go lay down for a minute. And I text you, hey, 7 o'clock okay? And before Not I was knowing, like, by the way, not knowing anything. I didn't know, like, hey, I'm no. exhausted. I'm taking a nap. I fixed a water. I didn't know shit. You said 7 tonight, question <laughs> mark. And I'm like, I'd like to try to get it done a little earlier. Like, what about 5.30? And you never responded. No. And, <laughs> because I fell asleep four seconds after my head hit the pillow. Like, I didn't even get under the covers. Like, I was just gone. That's completely sleep, and totally gone. It's just you should have just we should push this to Thursday. Like no, because we got we got hold on Thursday. Like so we got we got hold on Thursday. Oh, that's I keep 
keep yeah. it. Yeah, okay. Got, we got Hodor on Friday or Thursday, man. Jabaski yeah. says just go just for the home warranty to expire. So on that front, real before we get into this, I renewed my home warranty last Friday. You know what's not covered by the home warranty? The water heater. The one bleeping thing. Is it the one house. thing not covered? I got the Supreme coverage. Coverage. So that includes all of the kitchen appliances. All of and them. And the water heater. And the washer and dryer. Water heater not covered. How do you get, can you get the water heater covered? No. I, I went through all of the different options because I was. Cheap ass insurance companies, uh, man. These like, oh, we're going to pay seven grand. Like, oh, really? Okay, thanks. So it, it was just, it has been a banner day today um you could say that uh i'm embracing the tank as much as the blazers hey you know that was really special what they did last night can we take a minute yeah like- no, no that's exactly what i wanted to do was immediately just to, to talk about how they snatched defeat from the jaws of victory it was so- wah I pointed this out on my radio show and my producer, Jason, I said, I said, I said what uh, we talked about on the live show. And that was just roster wise, talent wise. This is the worst game ever played in trailblazer history. Mm-hmm. Yes or no. And we went back and I think you said something in effect of like probably their first year. My producer pointed out that their first year coincided with Cleveland's first season mm-hmm. And so they probably played, and we're talking about like sixth-round draft pick basketball players playing against fellow sixth-round draft pick basketball players. And so because like, they had more than two rounds back then. Oh, do they have? What did they have? Like eight? I think they, they had. I think they had six in the seventies. I mean, okay. I thought, you keep guy, going, I'm I thought take... I saw somebody getting drafted in the seventh no, round. No, you, you might be right. Um, um, but he said that, and I was like, so that was history in the making. We did ex- we they did exactly what they were supposed to do. They allowed Oklahoma City to finish on a 10-2 run, and they lost the game to one of the worst teams in the NBA, gathering a ping pong ball. I loved every second of it. So technically, do you know how many rounds there were in the NBA draft that year? I don't know. No, I don't. I don't. 19. Okay. Yeah. It was set, like if you go back into the But history, there's like three or four players, like a lot of it's like honorary type stuff. Bro, like, if you go back and look, Blazers, like, that got drafted. Like, Chemeketa Community College players were getting drafted in, like, the 10th round. Yeah. And it was, you know, you knew you weren't making it, but it was, like, still, like, imagine playing at, at Mount Hood Community College. And you're, you know, you're good. You average, like, 18 points a game. And Portland goes, we're going to draft you in the 13th well, here round. Here you go. You're like, Your 110th pick in the 1970 NBA draft, Claude English... From Rhode Island. Shout out Lamar Odom. Played okay, one year, played 18 games, played 70 total minutes. Serious question. Do you think they ever scouted in Rhode Island at any one point? 1970? No. Taking the train or a plane, like, and just going to Neil O'Shea driving Island. through snow? <laughs> no. No, and they're definitely not driving or, or taking a plane or anything like that to go see somebody named Claude. No, but man, what a performance by Portland last night! Uh, I was pissed. I was worried they were going to win that game. You were you were a basket of cats in the yeah, final. I, I really in, the, in the five minutes, like they're going to win this game. They're going to they're going to win this game. You were like me. You fully are embracing the just pure insanity of it. Of just like, Bro, no, I mean, like I hate Oklahoma City the most in the NBA. The you do, Sonics. which I still, 
I get it's it. Zombie Sonics, man. I appreciated that rivalry. I rooted for dudes on the Seattle Supersonics. Like, I, had no, I got no secrets to hide about that. So I hate that they lost their team for Oklahoma mother bleeping city. I've been to OKC. It sucks. It does. Um, Obje- objectively the worst city in the NBA. Oh, yeah. I don't even think that's a contest. Can, no, who would no. be second in that? Sacramento? But I've been to Sacramento. No, Sacramento's, Sacramento's actually like actually kind of a cool city. Like, yeah. It smells like uh, cow shit half the time, but it's cool. Cleveland's up there. I've never no, been to Cleveland. Detroit. Detroit. I see. I've never been to Detroit either, yeah. but Detroit cannot be. It's, it's awful. It, well, maybe where 8 Mile was filmed, but like not every section of Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. Oklahoma City is this big. And there's like one big building, yeah. and then it's just like, this is our. Then city. it's just cow pastures everywhere. Yeah, yeah, and a Mickey Mantle statue. You're yeah. just like, oh, okay, I guess. But uh, again, welcome in everybody. Appreciate you. Thank you for joining us. I know for those that are wondering, we're not doing pre and posts for the rest of the season. Yeah, it's just, it's not worth it. <laughs> it's it's not worth it, and I still am struggling, personally. Like. Yeah, physically, I am getting through a watch party is is difficult. So no, I know. And I yesterday I didn't know you were going to be on, so I was like, I I might just be solo on this, and I'm cool with that because I know you're going through a lot physically. But uh, we we want to make sure we're still giving you guys content. So here's the deal going forward. I have hold on Thursday. Uh, I've got Ricky O'Donnell from uh, SB Nation. He's their draft expert uh, coming on, I believe, next week. And I also later in the week, Jeremy Wu from Sports Illustrated. So uh, we will have uh, draft experts galore. I am attempting to get some um, regional guys, some NBA guys. Uh, the NBA guys is kind of harder to do, especially this time of year, because they're really busy. Um, you mean like the NBA reporters? No, like NBA draft, like scouts type folks. Oh yeah. That would be cool so, if you could get it. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to find some guys who used to do the work particularly. I, I know a couple guys that are quasi retired or working on retainers uh, on other stuff um, to talk. The combines about in Chicago, right? Yeah. So I was thinking we could also retouch uh, bases with our, our guy, Rick camp in Chicago. Mm-hmm. We had him on earlier this season. He's really good. He, he loves the NBA as much as us. I'm sure he's going to go to that event. So, uh, or as much as media is allowed to attend that event. And yeah, so I, I think, think they're going to open it up uh, on on that front real quick. Did you see the NFL what they did? Uh, Reporters will be lo- allowed in the locker room. So the NFL and Major yep. League Baseball are allowing reporters fully back in the locker rooms. Uh, but- what's the difference between Major League Baseball and the NFL and the NBA, Danny? The players don't run the league. Ah, right, right, right. Players run the league in the NBA. This is what you're going to get. This is part of the player empowerment thing, man. Like, I'm not saying to not give them power. I'm just saying, like, this the players are the ones saying we don't want those dudes in our locker room anymore. And so they get what they want. It's frustrating. It is frustrating. I, I don't I, – I view this a couple ways. One, like, I'd like a player to explain why they think it shouldn't happen. It, it, by the way – Having been in that locker room here several times, too many times mm-hmm. to count, you're not walking in and seeing butt-ass naked dudes right in front of you. Their showers are – you have to walk behind. Occasionally somebody will troll you and do it. No, where you walk in, you walk in straight where their lockers are. and that's No, I'm saying somebody will sit at their, na- at their stall naked. Well, but here's the thing. It's, it's, it's an obvious common courtesy. Like I remember one time – I came in right as Mo Harkless got to his locker 
you know, it's not like they're walking around butt naked, but like yeah. he was about to drop his towel. And as I walked in, I was like, oh, and I turned and we went on the complete opposite side. Like you, you give you people veer. privacy. Yeah, yeah. No, you do. And typically um, guys are, when they don't want to be talked to, they keep that towel on. Well, and also it's the international they, signal from leaving the hell alone. Yeah. It, it, but that's the thing that's crazy is like, rarely did you get that? Some guys yeah. would be pissed and they would just leave like, and media aren't going to chase a guy. Oh, down. You have to talk to me. It's just yeah. like, okay, cool. We missed that guy. Yeah. And it's, it's, oh. it's for, for it's, it, I always find it really funny that people who've never been in a locker room in a professional sports commenting on, Oh, you don't need that. It's like, do you realize like 90% of what, guys get like on personal stuff or background or most of the research is from the locker room pre or post game coming in shooting the shit for 15 minutes early on huge. It's, it's huge it's huge for reporters like i i remember watching because i'm i'm not a reporter um nor did i really make much of an effort to you know get to know players all that much mm -hmm. but being there for like my job you see it like Casey, you know, Casey works for the team, but like Casey's doing his reporter thing and he's talking to guys. And that's how he's around the team. Like when they're traveling, he's not like out at the stores and stuff with these guys, like hanging out with them. He's hanging out with the rest of the social media or the media or the, the, the right. TV crew. Like he's not hanging out. With, like this is their common time to be together. Jason, you know, Mike, Eric, Sean, like, I mean, you yes. name it, the TV folks, Nick, AJ, et cetera. Like uh, it's sidling. Like that's, that's what you do in those situations. And again, the players, every time I saw, would participate if they wanted to. And it was, it's, it's always very a, evident when they don't want to participate. It's more of a benefit. Just I just think it's more of a benefit for them, more so than it is a hindrance in any mm -hmm. way. But, so. yeah, sorry, I, I wanted to get that out of the way. And, yes, we are doing a mailbag here. So, again, thank you, everybody, for being here. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, Blaze said, yo, congrats on joining the 3000 Club. Thank you guys for getting hey. us there. Um, thank you guys a ton. This season has sucked. I cannot believe we did that. Yeah. And it's, it's some of you guys are bummed by the pre post game stuff. I, I totally get it. But like, again, Danny's going through pain and this season, I wanted to do it. And Brandon was like, you're not it was very, it's you're, been you're a very long season. <laughs> and this, what is there to break down from this team right now? Like, I mean, I can find something. Trust me. Like I listen, when we get to the off season, I'm going to do like, I'm going to do video breakdowns. Like what did we see from Trenton Watford in those 20 games? What did we see from Brandon Williams? And it'll be like a 10 minute video. And you're gonna be like, how did you do that? How did you get 10 minutes out of that? I need Elijah Hughes video. I need like, I, seriously I, will not. <laughs> I refuse, <laughs> but we have a ton of questions. Um, and this one, I want to get out there because I've addressed it in the watch parties. We have not had a mailbag since I have talked about it, but this is something that it's like, I'm going to go full Peter Griffin here. What really grinds my gears. Mm. This is from Patrick Bernhardt at PDX Big Tom. What are the chances the tank lasts beyond this season? Brandon, what are the chances? I mean, what are the chances? I, I don't know. I'll go 20% or less. Like the chances are that something really bad happened injury wise. Um, other than that, like that's the only thing I can think of a why they would tank next year this team is actively going to improve mm -hmm. and looking to improve. And they're going to mm -hmm. add a good draft pick, maybe use draft picks for trades, which we'll get into with some stuff later. Um, but Dame's going to be healthy. You're getting amped back again. Like this, this is not a tanking position yeah. folks. Like Danny and I have said this before. It's not a slight to everybody listening right now, but there is a percentage of people in Portland that are not built for this. They are not built 
for the tank life. Yeah. They're not built. It has been two whole months. Two, two and a half, whatever you want to call this. <laughs> you ain't built for it if it's bothering you or you think that this is now the, the norm. Um, look at just what's coming back. It's fine to ask that question, but like some people, and not the guy that asked that question, but there are some people that like you're really showing your colors with this tanking because like they we know they should be trying to win games. And you're I, like yesterday, we had people like, man, we're, you guys are rooting for OKC. It's like, yes, I want them to improve their draft odds. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's been really funny because OKC won that game. Houston won the two games previous, um, and a couple of the the larger Houston Twitter accounts were like. We did not suffer this whole bleeping year to end up seventh. What are they doing? Why are they winning games? <laughs> Meanwhile, Portland was just bad with injuries, and now they flipped the switch post-All-Star break. Post-All-Star break was when they finally flipped it. Ocasio says, only two months? It has only been two months. It has only been two months. It has been actively tanking yeah. happened after the All-Star break. Remember, they won five games, four going in and the first one out. Yeah, that's if right. If they didn't win those games, they would be free and clear right now. They'd be chasing the fourth worst record in the NBA right now. And they lost to the fourth worst team in the NBA last night. Yes. So like it, th- that, those games changed, I think. I, we kind of talked about everything, that. everything, and we, we talked about this, not to interrupt yeah. you, but we talked about this in the moment, and mm-hmm. I – you know, Ant Cookin was fun. He went against John ja Memphis. Like, I, I get it. This is a balance here of I want some enjoyment out of what I'm choosing to spend. Not all soul-crushing defeat. Yeah, versus, like, actively wa- hoping my team gets trounced. Mm-hmm. I get it. I do. Those games, they may have cost you. Like, they might have cost you mm-hmm. the number one overall pick. We don't know yet. But, like, that's why when that was happening, I was pissed. I'm like, you you genuinely – like, it wasn't like, oh, I'm kind of irritated about it. Like, you were genuinely pissed off. Because I, I think you know this. Like, you know how pivotal five yes. games can be to your draft odds. Yeah, it, it really can be huge here. Uh, speaking of draft odds, let me uh, let me do this real quick since we, we, we only did it the other day. Do, 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 do. All right. I'm going to be nice here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grant – the tankathon. Little spin here. All right. Let's go. Let's hit the horn action. Sim that lottery, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, look at that. Portland moved up three spots to fourth. Hey, fourth is a good spot, I think, in this draft. It, that's such a weird, weird spot to be. Yeah. Because I think there's going to be somebody who jumps up. Um, I, I've heard from more than a few people that um, there are a couple names that are now in the top five that weren't. Uh, previously, so it's going to be interesting to see. Um, Can you give of, us a couple of those names? I, I will, and that's what little, that's what the, you know, in this industry, Brandon, we call that a okay. tease. Okay. This from Slater Smith at Slater J Smith. Are we excited about anyone in the three or four spots? I feel like we've talked a lot about Jabari and Chet's fit, but what would we do with Bancaro or really any three through five pick? Uh, what would you do with Bankiro? You would you would start him next year, and you'd say, "I hope you can shoot, young man. You're going to get a lot of open looks." Um, I have come around on Bankiro a little bit. I, I liking him to Carmelo Anthony made me hesitate with him because his diet subsists on so many bad shots, but he's a bad shot maker which Damian Lillard is a bad shot maker. Like if you were looking for a comparison, 
he can just get it wherever he wants to. And I think sometimes he settles. But over the NCAA tournament, he has delivered. He has gotten better shot. He's he's worked for more. He's um, and in that vein, I don't think he's going to be there unless the Blazers have the number one overall. I think Bancaro is going number one now. I think I mean, there's he's a six ten big who can shoot and handle the rock like. And his playmaking are- is starting to shine a little bit more uh, as the tournament's gone on. So my slight pushback to you know how you feel about Bankiro because we've talked so much about some of these prospects mm-hmm. and Bankiro largely kind of hasn't been that. No. Um, in terms of the conversation, the, my pushback on you is the mellow thing. Like, I think it's easy for our lasting image to be mellow. Second year with the Blazers, current Laker. Mm-hmm. Carmelo Anthony was a volume shooter. I don't think Bankiro would be that. But no, like, he would not be that here. If we're talking play style, like you do take some bad shots, but you're also a bad shot maker, like you're saying. It's a valuable skill. Carmelo Anthony, Danny, was really effing good. And look, he he doesn't have to be your favorite, but you have to admit, like, he elevated the Nuggets from the Nuggets. And that's that's where my my point was. I I think I unfairly scapegoated the Blazers' Carmelo Anthony, even late Knicks' Carmelo Anthony, of like, oh, my God, you just don't care about winning. You just care about you and your buckets as opposed to a particular play style, if yeah. that makes sense. Um, I think Bancaro really is more than that as a as a player, as a skill set. Oh, yeah, look, my wife's home with a puppy. That's good. Maybe she'll grab her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, the water's got to be warm first. Yeah, no, the water's warm now. I, I checked that when I got home. Um, but uh, I think Bancaro has moved up a ton. Um, Mark Williams has moved up a ton. AJ Griffin has moved up a ton. And I heard from somebody the other day that they have uh, Keegan Murray as number four. Oh, Keegan Murray went up. Even after being bounced in round one with the he, game, his, a lot of his people give him bad performance was still. And, yeah. 21 yeah. and nine. More, more people are just talking to him. There's more. There's, I, th- I think there's some, some smoke generation from his agency. Sure. But. Yeah, I I think Murray's no longer in the six seven eight range, and is is more in the four five six range. And uh, and you know this is a, a pretty important uh, thing to point out. What you just said is a lot of smoke and mirror season. Oh, it's know, it's, like, it's it's the second the NCAA tournament ends, ladies and gentlemen, it gets cranked up to a thousand. If if that's true though, if Murray is starting to get some love in the top four, I would just assume because I've said this before, he he's not going to be as good in my opinion. He's I think more ready. Day one. Very special. I think we're chase. There's somebody going to chase a bam idea. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like a guy who can kind of do a lot, and he's 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 athletic. He's rangy. He's not great on defense in college, but there's going to be some teams that potentially could talk themselves into saying we 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 can get him going. We can we can, we can put a rim protector next to him, but we can we can figure this out. I, I think mean, that's what yeah. the, 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 that's the mentality. Of like, let's get somebody who their sole purpose in life is to be Mark Williams. Is well, to yes, is yes. to to rim run, block shots, be athletic, take the defensive pressure off him, but really allow him to be what he is offensively, which is a multi talented, multi level uh, shooter, creator, playmaker type player. And you run a, a hub out of him, who's and make him at least passable defensively, and then you're cooking with gas at that position. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good thing to have. And then also on the defensive side, because that's that's the big nitpick with this kid is he's not as great defensively, and he had some bad moments against Richmond. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Many people didn't give Andrew Wiggins a lot of defense credit, and now he's in Golden State, and that's kind of been, this. I think, the biggest point of his turnaround to me. He's always been able to get buckets. It's that he is engaged and playing pretty decent on the defensive side of the basketball. He also went to a really crappy organization. The yes, he did, out of the draft. Just, yeah. He was so not it was about right fit. It was not he was not ready and it was not the right fit. Like Andrew yeah. Wiggins I think the reason he's finally getting good is because he got with an organization number one that makes sense uh with the Warriors. Not that they're this incredible developers, but you've got an organization that makes sense and you he finally discovered like what his role really needed to be as opposed to being Maple Jordan. It's about being a two-way guy who can score, who can shoot, who can play, make a little bit. Like being not being a number one, and really not even being a number two, but being a really, basically being like Harrison Barnes on steroids. Right. Which right. is a real like. There isn't a team in the NBA that looks at Andrew Wiggins and goes, "I don't want that." Like you don't want well, a six-eight, two hundred and thirty-five pound dude who can get downhill and can cover multiple positions, like. Yeah, it wasn't so much him, it was just the contract and yeah. whatever. Like, you can eat that money and be okay. Yeah, so, uh, but that's that's one of those situations where I think you, you find yourself uh, a few, few I don't know, years later kind of figuring out. And that's the other thing is that Wiggins was a kid. It's, uh, Evan Mobley doesn't happen. <laughs> Scotty Barnes I, doesn't yeah. happen. Yeah, I might be wrong on this. Uh, I thought I remembered... Wiggins reclassified, so I actually think he was um, he was what Jalen Duran is He's right now. He's super young. Should have been a senior. I, I might yeah. be wrong no, on this, but I feel he, like... Coming from Canada, from, from the prep yeah. school, he did. He's super he young when he came in the league. Yeah. Um, and it's just... I, I Listen, I had my, like, he's a bust take, da, 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 but is he as great as his draft position? Probably no. not. No. But is he a... Is he, a good, not even good, a very good player in the NBA. Yes, he deserved his All Star spot. Option. He deserved his All Star spot this year, unequivocally. Yeah, and that's if you're if you ever get an All Star in your NBA career, even one, you are a hell of a player. So, um, but that's kind of like where, where the framing of this stuff. And we'll we'll swing back into some more draft stuff. But I definitely want to talk about this because we didn't talk about it in the post game because we wrapped up so quick, or not the post game, but the uh, watch party uh, from Majestic Oregonian at Real underscore Malcolm eighty eight. Was the end of the OKC game a coaching or player error or an example of throwing a game? <laughs> where do you go with this? Because I went back and watched like the last like thirty seconds just to make sure I had it all figured um, out, and I I landed pretty squarely on one thing. Oh, so what the options are coaching, tanking, or player. what was the other one? Player error. I, I I would lean more player error than anything, and that's the point of tanking is you're putting out players that probably shouldn't be playing in pivotal moments like that. So if you go back and watch it, for those that, that saw the, the, the inbounds play, Brandon Williams' immediate reaction was, shit, my bad. My bad. We're talking about the OKC inbounds, yeah. right? Okay, so we pointed this out in live watch party. That wasn't just Brandon Williams, though. Drew Eubanks left that alley wide open yeah. and should have turned his body to make him go to the to the Blazers basket. Like yes. you don't, you can't be that open. You allow a free reign lane, and so Brandon Williams gets caught, and now you're screwed because that ball could get through so easily. And it's 94 feet. Yes. So, yeah. um, but Williams immediately was just my bad. My bad. I guarantee Chauncey Williams was not telling him to go for two and then foul. Chauncey Williams? Chauncey, did I say Chauncey Williams? That's the painkiller. 
<laughs> listen, man, the, the the game went shit up, you know, last night. Like I just. No, I know, I know. I'm just giving you. No, 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 trust no. me. Give me all the hard times because I'm gonna slip these things up. Uh, for those that aren't aware, yes, I I am on painkillers more often than not as I'm dealing with this, and I just cut the dose back enough to where I don't reset during the show. Yeah, <laughs> but I still will stumble over it pretty regularly. But I. I've seen a few more than a few people quick to kind of throw Chauncey under the bus here. And I don't, as somebody who didn't really want Chauncey or didn't, not necessarily didn't want Chauncey, didn't care. I wasn't like, yeah, Chauncey's not going to be the best. Like, I mean, again, I don't think much, most coaches are, but I thought some, I saw some people like, oh, he, they're, he's, he's intentionally tanking the game. No, that's a franchise decision. The coaches and players do not make these decisions. They are not they are not throwing a game live. That is not happening. Now, could Ben McLemore play a few, a few less minutes? Yes. For last night's game against OKC, could he play a few less minutes? No. Why? Because they had eight bleeping players active. I saw people like, oh, why is McLemore playing? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. What do you mean? There's eight active players. There's 19. I know. I wanted to, when you said it, I gave you the same look. Then we pulled up the tweet. There's 19. Michael Bodmer, shout out, uh, works for, for uh, ESPN, uh, put out a tweet. I am intentionally watching this game tonight. <laughs> and there's 19 players listed out between both teams. Yeah. 19 no. players. I'm not mad that Ben McLemore played. Play him seven minutes. Or like, like you know, 
Let him get how I wanted load, them to front lose. load the minutes. Let him like play, you know, twenty yes. in the first half kind of a deal, and then two in right. the second, you know. Right, right. Um right. but yeah, an just, indictment on Chauncey. We're not going there. Come on, let's no. I'm not playing this game. Listen, I'm not I got all next year to yell at Chauncey when yes. they're healthy and they're trying to figure shit out and he does something dumb. I am not going to like Chauncey through that game. How dare he? The sanctity of the game. I am not I am not going to. There is no sanctity. I hope he threw the game. Let me put that on the record. I don't give a damn. Give me another ping pong ball. The sanctity of the game. Have you seen this roster? We've crossed the sanctity line. Oh, God. All right. This from uh, PDX Metro Hoops, at PDX Metro Hoops. Over, under on this team having three vet minimum level players on the roster going into next season. Three vet minimums. I think three is the number. I think you need to set that at two and a half. I would say the over-under feels like it's it's at three, so you have to go below yeah. that because otherwise you get a push. Yeah. So I, I think it's going to be three. And here's the thing. The Blazers, and we've talked about this a lot, the Blazers are going to get to a position where it's going to take time, and I don't say this for the um, – like excusing Joe Cronin and he didn't get enough back in in the deals. I've seen a bunch of that lately and I just like, no, guys, no. But they to in order to have all of their tools available, the BAE, a full mid-level exception, a taxpayer mid-level exception, you have to get through a couple years or at least mm-hmm. this summer and next summer to basically fill the roster back out. We've talked about this a ton. One way you can float this around is to basically pay Joe Ingles $12 million in the offseason and float his money and then use that as trade bait going into the deadline to bring in another player because you won't get access to the MLE, but you can bring in a player anywhere between the 10 and $14 million range who's trying, who's got multiple years left on this deal. So that's one avenue to bring guys in. But they, they can't bring in, like, they, they don't have anybody on the roster outside of Josh Hart making that money because they're going to pay Nurk probably 16 or $17 million a year. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to have that 10, 12 guy. So if you get Ingles, he doesn't really play. Well, hell, maybe he plays 20 games for you. But it's it's a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, and yes, those deals happen. They did it with Rodney Hood. Remember, they gave him a guaranteed deal after he ruptured his Achilles. Yeah, it was a thank you, Rodney Hood. Here's your money. Well, it was a thank you, Rodney Hood, because they basically worked it out to get him to Portland in the first place, and they yep. had to make good on it. Yep. And then it was the whole idea was we'll pay you so that way we can make it so we can trade you for somebody else. And that was the ballast that they used to bring in Norm alongside Gary's rookie deal. So you're you're looking at essentially the same thing here in, in Joe Ingles. And I'm saying all of this because you have to get to a point where you fill out a roster. I'm very confident in believing Brandon Williams is going to be on this team next year as their third point guard. He will be a, a two-way guy that they keep. I am Drew Eubanks, I 70% chance of being this team's third center next year on a vet minimum deal. Wouldn't be mad by it. Listen, it's a win-win. He's a guy who dunks the hell out of the ball, yeah. gives you a ton of effort. He's a red ass, which they've been missing. Like, he is going to piss people off. And He played, like, for, he played for Pop for like three, four years. Yeah, like, like, yes. He's a viable NBA player. Yes. So... Bring him back on a vet minimum. It's a feel-good deal. He's the Shaq of Troutdale. Shout out Mike Richmond for a wonderful nickname. Um, so there's your two-way guy. You go use the two-way on somebody else. Uh, Watford's not a vet minimum guy because they converted him to the, the second round or the, the two-way conversion deal. Uh, do they go out and they get another wing on a vet minimum? Do they bring back Ben McLemore? Yeah. Like, that's two right there. 
I would not be mad if they bought if they brought Ben McLemore back. Let me just throw that out there. Listen, right th- now. that guy single handedly won them four games this year. Yeah, I mean the dude is capable to go off at any moment. He eight threes and if, last night. If if you have a guy like that that can shoot the ball coming off the bench, yes, please, yeah. all day. And I'll, I'll be totally transparent here. The reason he was originally brought in, he was not going to play when yeah. they were fully healthy. That's Dame's guy. Mac is, is Dame's guy. Like they, 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 it was just like, hey, let's let's make Dame happy. Let's bring in him a dude who he likes. Yeah, and that happens. At, LeBron's teams are made up of LeBron's guys. Like that's that Giannis has guys that he wants on his team. Like that, that's how this stuff works. He wanted for Drew Holiday. I mean, yes. that's why Drew Holiday's there. He exactly. wanted Drew Holiday. So you bring those guys in, and you figure it out. But when th- this whole idea of like, there's guys on this team. There's these guys aren't NBA players. That are, you're you're out of your mind. You're just talking about elevating probably guys that are like 12 and higher on a depth chart that now goes to 17. Like, that's the difference because CJ Ellaby isn't going to be on this team next year. Like, that's, I, I will say that with the utmost confidence. So, you can either replace him with a second round pick or you're going to replace him with a vet minimum guy. If you, if you have him and you have Eubanks and you have Ben McLemore, how many, how many vet minimum contracts do you have there, Brandon? Three. So, that they're going to get there immediately. Um, when you're looking at the starting lineup, they'll bring a trade in with, if they do end up bringing in Jeremy Grant, not going to be any vet minimum guys in that starting lineup. You look at that bench, Ingles probably won't be active, but you've got... Not for a while. But you've got Nas and you've got Hart. Are those vet minimum guys? No. Do, no. Can you, are, are they going to use their MLE probably on a big? Yeah. So your vet minimum guys are going to come from the guard position or from the wing position. Yep. And once you get your third center and your backup point guard and McLemore... Like, you're just basically filling out the roster, and what are you going to use it for? Vet men. So, three's yep. probably the number. Long, convoluted way to get there. Sorry. But no, I think, I, I it's, think a, it's, it's good. the framework it's of understanding to, it, right? Yeah, no, I think it's good to walk people through that and get them, have them understand the MLE and the way that's going to impact in terms of who your vet men and guys are and what no. positions they're going to be playing. And, you know, three is the right number, and uh, I think it's good to draw it out people like that uh just want to give a quick shout out to everybody out here in the comments thank you all we appreciate you it's nice to be back and doing this stuff and because we got in the flow of doing things in the pre and post game show uh now obviously we're not doing it as often uh but we will have for the remainder of the season we will have the watch parties going um i have some stuff that i want to do for you guys for as members to keep rewarding you for being members it's not going to just like oh yeah by the way the watch parties are over um number one we're going to keep the watch parties going into the end of the summer for, for other stuff um, because I'm going to, th- because I will have control of the server and basically I will throw up, Hey, game footage of this player. This is the player we're going to watch today uh, as the kind of, we get ready for the draft and stuff like that. So, um, and then kind of break some things down, do some play by play, some learning, some educational stuff. Uh, one of the things I want to do is I want to bring in Caitlin Cooper um, to go through some, some playbook stuff to give like a better understanding from straight from a coach's daughter and one of the best minds out there covering the game. Uh, well, I get, get a little nervous when we bring Caitlin on. <laughs> the, the inferiority complex starts kicking in a little bit. <laughs> Boy, nobody makes me feel dumber than Caitlin Cooper talking about basketball. And I'm like, uh, what? I, I will I will say this unequivocally. I don't think there's anybody better at what she does save Jay Billis. I mean, and, and, I, and I mean that not not to like gas her up, but like I am being dead serious. She should be on a national broadcast doing playbook work. There's a reason Zach Lowe shouts her out. Yes, that's yeah. There there is zero reason why she is not a national outlet. That's doesn't make any sense. She's that good. Um, so everybody keeps asking about Blevins. 
I do not believe Blevins will be back. He will year. not be back. I if he's no. back, it's working security with Rick Riley. Yeah, that do he, he's done. He's gonna go make a couple bucks in yeah. Europe, China, something. And uh, but his, his yeah. NBA, he gets to live his NBA dream. Shout out to Blevins. I I don't mean that like in a negative way. Like, congratulations on the genetic lottery, dude. Like, <laughs> he went to Montana State and played in the NBA. Like that doesn't happen. No. <laughs> Uh, Dustin Wilshire, less of a less less of a uh, question, more of a comment. Uh, at Dustin Wilshire, double down with gambling strategies makes the rest of the season way more enjoyable to watch. Cut the check. Good night and God bless. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Fade the Blazers on the money line every time. Every single get ton of money. Yeah. Uh, Brad Allen at B underscore Rislin. Uh, this question also came in from Adrian Bernisich, uh, our our Aussie native at Blazers Edge. He said, "Hey, can you talk about uh, Wednesday's game?" <laughs> The desire to want to control both things. That is to control your own destiny and the Pelicans pick. And I don't know where you fall, Brandon, but I will say this. I want Portland to lose every single game. I want CJ to drop 78 points on this team and bury them by the first quarter. That's yes. Uh, I don't. What? What is the that debate? top pick? As much as that, as much as you want that Pelicans pick to convey, as badly as you want it to convey. It, it pales in comparison to the Blazers' lottery odds and getting a chance at a top three pick. Look, if if New Orleans wins the one pick, it's rigged. Okay, it's going to be fake news. The, the, the fact yeah, that Zion goes to New York and all of a sudden they got the number one. So even if you beat them, they're still in the playing. Like they still have to get through the well, playing. Still, I, I would push back a little bit. Then I started remembering the Lakers were down forty at one point tonight. Bro, so. the Lakers are out. LeBron's got an ankle injury. We don't know if AD like back Friday AD report. Back Friday. Um, yeah, Friday. Well, okay, cool. I can't wait for him to play eight minutes and get hurt again. Paul George is back, though. Right. but That like, does but spice things up a little bit as far as the playing is concerned. Sure. But you, you Portland, you beating New Orleans does not change anything for New Orleans. To me, it helps you to lose that game. You want to lose. Yeah. Point blank. You want to lose because that pick you possess where you're currently at, what, sixth right now? Yes. If you can somehow get into the top five by the end of the year, you're going to feel ecstatic about that. Your odds of getting the one pick or, hell, you don't get a top three pick, you still get the four pick. We don't know where this draft's going to go and who's going to get picked early and who's going to fall. Like, hell, there's a decent amount of people right now listening. Love Chet Holmgren. Who's to say Jabari, Paolo, like Ivy, somebody Shane Sharp may jump. Because Dave somebody Sharp. looks at that and goes, that's a six-foot-six yep. wing with all the athleticism in the world. Yes. And I Chet, really want him. Chet is like, there's some people that are off Chet because the last two games in that tournament were like, eh. He started playing like, better non-WCC competition, and it didn't look quite as good. Glowing moments at times against Memphis, but also, you know, didn't deliver in the next round. It, dude, I think we need to put it out there. Like, for those people like Chet, maybe we get Chet at four. Let's just start talking about how overrated he is and get him to slip, you know, on our big board. And this, here, here's the thing. What's, what's been really funny is to watch Blazers fans in general talk themselves into circles and knots over, number one, making sure the Pelicans pick conveys, but at the same time, not being excited about trading said pick for Jeremy Grant. It's been like this this weird situation that they constantly find themselves in trying to rationalize one side or the other. Yeah. I don't think a world exists where the Blazers use both picks 
But I you don't be... think there's a world that exists? What if it's like a top seven pick? Well, just mathematically, it's not going to from the Pelicans. What's, well, what's the highest it could get to? Realistically, right now, nine. What if it's a nine? I don't think they use it. Okay. I, I could be wrong, but that's the general sense that I get. Well, I mean, everybody, I think the, the consensus feel is that that's the pick for Jeremy Grant. Maybe, maybe they get to a point where when it comes time to actually pull the trigger, there's some cold feet. And Joe's like, I'm not giving up this asset for Jeremy Grant. I'm just not going to do it. And that could cause a rift. Could could cause a rift, I'll say that. Um, but it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to kind of see how that that all starts to shake out. Um, this is kind of again, look look at this. I'm I'm learning, Brandon. My my tease game's getting up from Hoops Galore at Hoops Galore Zero. I'm all for getting Jeremy Grant. A lot of Portland fans seem skeptical about it. Others hate it. Can you break down the deal and kind of hype it up? LOL. And what's yours and Brandon's opinions? <laughs> Can you hype it up? I'm pro Jeremy Grant. Come on, hype him up yeah. a little bit here. I, I'm pro Jeremy Grant in the sense of like the chance of said player in nine through twelve turning into Jeremy Grant is less than Jeremy Grant. But if you want to justify it in the sense of a dollar production ratio, okay. Jeremy Grant would be the best wing this team has had since Brandon Roy. We've kind of talked about that. And it's it's not really close. Um, he's a good player. They, they aren't putting bad players on Team USA. That, that doesn't happen. Um, but just in general, I I find myself wanting to live in both worlds. Like I, I love young guys. I, I as far as like watching them develop and like that's 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 my jam. Like outside of actual basketball, player development is the thing that I focus on the most selfishly, I would very much want them to use both picks. However, flip side of this, while I like Jeremy Grant, you know who I love, Brandon? Who? Jimmy Butler. Mm. Love me some Jimmy Butler. And there has been more than a little bit of scuttlebutt out there. A windhorse had it today that things aren't great. Jimmy is a tough cat. He's a, he's a prima donna. He's... Um, a weird dude, hyper competitive, and he's relentless. It wears he on also, you. He also has a very different personality type, so I don't think city matters. Mm-hmm. And he loves coffee. And more than a few times, I have heard that Dame and Jimmy would like to play together. I mean, they should have played together one three, at least three years, four years ago. Yeah. So. Listen, I am, I am a hundred percent on board. But the machinations you're trading both do, those picks for Jimmy Butler. I don't think you could give up both. I think. Well, be, I'm I'm just saying. My I don't know why would Miami take a ninth overall pick? Because they would look to do something in order to dump salary so they can go pursue Bradley Beal. Well, That's why I don't know. I don't. I, look, I get it. It's hot right now. They just had the the dust up during the game, but like. Kyle Lowry went to Miami for a reason. I, I don't disagree. And Jimmy Butler is one of those reasons. So I'm not ready to completely say Jimmy's gone, but if Jimmy Butler is available, you do what you can to get him. I I don't think you can give up both picks. That'd be the best trade 
traded player you've you've received since Scottie Pippen. Yeah. Yeah. But I also don't think this team is as close as that team was. I I wouldn't disagree with that, but that's the part of this that we not maybe you per se, but like the element that I think I need to remind myself from time to time is Dame is 100% next year. Mm-hmm. And we can look into the world of point guards who are, what is he turning, 31, 32? 32, yeah. Coming off of that injury, coming off of missing basically most of the season. If, if he's back to what he was, and you're talking about Jimmy Mother F and Butler. If, you're, if your backcourt, your, your three is Dame and Jimmy Butler. And, and, and by the way, what conference is getting worse? The West. Andy Marchand says that Jimmy extension is so awful. Guys, I, I hate to tell you this. Who cares? Every top 20 player in the NBA's, their contract is awful. Give me Jimmy Butler. I, I don't care about the money yeah. part. And that's the thing is that – and the flip side is, we've talked about this a little bit, is TV deal in 2024. Those bad deals start looking a lot better on the, on oh, the yeah. money side of things. So, But – the difference is, is that Jimmy's deal is more expensive than Jeremy Grant's, so there, there are certain things you would have to figure out. Um, I would imagine Josh Hart goes out in that deal, um, and the the different things you would have to do to to kind of figure that out. But like that, God, that would be uh, fantastic. Ginger Fit Dad, I'm sorry. Listen, I've seen you in there, man, asking about Didi Lozada. I, I'm just kind of pacing it to get into into Didi. Give me give me a few minutes. I will swing back to it because I I was almost certain I had a Didi. Uh, uh, question in here. If I don't, I will get to it. Um, the 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 Jimmy stuff was just kind of the idea of what we were talking about a month ago, and really every week since we kind of knew what this was going. There were legitimate noise and rumors and uh, ghosts in the dark talking about Jalen Brown wanting out December mm-hmm. January, like that. There was a there, and this is how this stuff goes. Um, when players move, it's not sudden. It's it's not. It's this these these things get put into motion months in advance, and so when you start hearing in January, Jalen Brown is not not happy. Mm-hmm. Well, Boston kind of figured their shit out. Well, now Robert Williams is probably done for the season. Yeah, so, that that oh, that was a big bummer. That's to a, hear about that. It is because Time Lord's a hell of a player. He's Time super Lord super fun. Um. But uh, the the idea of of trying to figure that all out is is really kind of like which which guy is going to shake free. One of them could be Jimmy Butler. One of them could be my dog that I'm going to just kill here in a second. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just it's one of those things where you don't know until you know. Like yeah. it, it, until like you you can hear all the the rumblings and whispers like every year. There's four or five guys like, oh, they're probably going to go. They're probably going to go. One of them ultimately ends up shaking free, maybe two. This year, I think Bill's gone. Oh, I, I think there's going to be a big that's gone too because this team's going to get bounced early. Which one's that? Joel Embiid. You, you, you really think he's going to go, huh? I really don't think it's impossible. And I, I don't either. I'm just the, the way this league operates. I just find it funny when people throw something like that out, and you get like other people like, "What? That's ridiculous." He, he loves it here. He be, this league is fickle, man. It, Harden right now. Have you seen the way Harden's playing? Absolute trash. He's shooting like twenty percent in the month of March. It's awful. And guess what? The playoffs are getting closer, and we know that's basically who Harden is. Um, if they get bounced 
early. Is Joel going to continue to hang around? He's going to want to keep partnering with 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 James Harden, especially after Daryl chased his guy and getting Harden. So you know, I, again, I'm, there's I, no I'm, I'm not against it, but I'm, I'm I'm there with you. I'm just throwing it out there, and he doesn't seem like the type that's like I gotta play somewhere, you know, sexy. Give me to the Knicks. I think that dude would welcome anybody that's gonna make him have the best shot to win the championship. And pairing Damian Lillard with Joel Embiid, my lord. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely a, a part of that. That would um, very much. Um, you gotta go off pray the on some pray on their downfall. Pray on their downfall. Oh, um, I'm, I'm praying on their downfall because I don't like James Harden. But like, I just say Joel and B because like I think sometimes we we just don't think about certain names, and you gotta this legal just present it, and you're like, what? What's that? Did that really just happen? That's what pro sports does, right? Like, yeah, I, no, that just comes out of left field and punches you in the face. I don't know Tyreek Hill was looking for a contract extension and then two hours later to be a Miami Dolphin because he got traded. Like, sports is nuts now. I'm trying to think. There, I wanted, I, I could have swore there was a Didi Luzada question in here, but uh, maybe I was – the text messages that I got earlier, I can't remember. But uh, I'll, I'll hit on it real quick, uh, Ginger. Uh, was it Ginger Fit Dad? Um, Didi Luzada is – I had him at Hoop Summit three, four years ago. He Uh was a late addition for the world team and everybody there went, what is this guy doing here? He looked lost. Yeah. But his athleticism, his burst, his length, his short, like in a box, you know, we talk about, you know, a football player's ability to play in small, in small spaces. Mm -hmm. Didi Luzada's ability, he is a water bug. He just, it is incredible. Offensively, he is a disaster. Yeah. Defensively, wait till he gets on the floor, man. He has some juice that you would not believe. Yeah. Now, is it is he good enough offensively to justify being on the floor? Ah, maybe. But it is super fun to watch him just blanket guys. And that's what he does. He's he works super hard on that end. Uh he's incredibly long. He's incredibly like again, short distance bursty. Um, he's not like an explosive vertical athlete. Are we talking like another DJJ? Smaller, but without the vertical burst, and I think better in smaller spaces. But okay. he's he's built very much the same, very spindly. and very similar in terms of like you know you're going to get some defense, but like he might cost you on the offensive end. Yeah, hundred percent. If you're not using him exactly because his his handle's not great, he can't shoot. Right, um, but like. Ginger Fitz says, like, like a Tony Allen? No, because Tony Allen was was maybe the strongest pound-for-pound pound guy in the NBA. When, Tony his, Allen, get, go get you a bucket. He'd just take it inside more so than shoot. But, but not just that. Like, try try bossing Tony Allen physically. Good luck. Yeah. Tony Allen played like he was 60 pounds heavier. And it's just... You, the, the last guy I can ever playing really like that as a guard is Wes Matthews, who just... Mm-hmm. A guy who... Kyle Lowry's probably like that. Jameer Nelson was like that. Like guys that just are just dumb strong uh, for their size, but Didi is not uh, super strong. I think Derek Jones Jr. is probably the more apt comparison, where it's just long, rangy, super wiry, pain in the ass to screen. Um, yeah, it just has a really good does a does a really good job of staying on ball. Um, which again, Portland, even if they add Jeremy Grant, let's say their lineup next year is Dame Ant. Uh. Find a small forward, a, a replacement level small forward. Let, let's just put Nas in there just for that. Yeah, well, let's just do it. Um, 
I, I think Nas and Hart are going to come off the bench next year, but let's just put Nas there, Grant and, and Nurk. Yeah. I like Nas as a point of attack guy, but he still is hasn't shown that he's that guy quite yet. The Blazers don't have a point of attack guy. They've got a lot of helper defenders. Like Josh Hart's an okay point of attack guy, but he's really uh, a middle-of-the-floor disruptor mm-hmm. um, because he, again, plays a little bit bigger than he is, but he doesn't um, doesn't blow up plays at the point of attack. The Blazers just don't have that guy. So could Luzada end up being a backup off-the-bench kind of version? Yeah. If the Blazers got a Jimmy Butler, there's your point of attack guy. That's, that's kind of why that I just... I start leaning that way towards a Jimmy more than obviously like he's better than Jeremy Grant, obviously, but like right, the, right. the style of player that I prefer is more that kind of guy. Yes, um, agree. But uh, this let's have a little bit of fun real quick. This is from uh, the, the the Bleach Bros podcast. Shout out uh, Jake the Hater and those guys. Oh, they uh, do a good job over there on that. Pod. They do, and you you went on. I was supposed to go on, and then I had my hip thing, and I I haven't been able to get circle back with them. So guys, if you're listening, uh, hit me up. I'll come back on with you guys. Um, if you had to be a furry with one mascot in the league, which one would it be and why? What's a furry? You know what a furry is. I don't. It's the people that wear like like furry suits. It's borderline sexual. Oh. Oh. Okay, okay. Like, um, there's, there's like actual furry conventions. Oh, yeah. No idea. I had no idea. Listen, man. Just make sure you put your, your phone in private. Go ahead and Google I have no interest furry in looking yet. that up. No, I have no interest <laughs> in looking that up. Um, I don't want to see that. So I can pick any animal I want. A- NBA mascot. Oh, NBA mascot. Mm-hmm. I know where I'm going immediately. You want me to go? Yeah, go ahead. I'm going with the San Antonio Spurs coyote because he looks like he's seen some shit. Mm. <laughs> oh, white, white eyes, bloodshot. Hey, okay. I'm I'm going Orlando Magic mascot. I'm walking in. I'm goofy as hell. You know I'm crazy. I'm all about it. Like let's let's have some fun. Just ringing the doorbell, ding dong. Uh, yeah, I'm here for the gangbang. Yeah. <laughs> He's shaking my whole mascot body. Hey, let's go to going. So there you go. There's your furry customer. There's your furry. And the question. one that I'm not inviting to the party is damn trail cat. Like that thing. What's that? Uh, Buzzkill. Yeah, Buzzkill Blaze. Oh, Buzzkill Blaze, buzz off. Everybody <laughs> else is invited except Blaze. Uh, Hodgepodge, at Amar Greenberg. Does this tank feel like the Spurs in 97? Dame is the Admiral, et cetera. Also, on a side note, I feel like uh, of all the all-time greats that Damon Robinson would have kicked so much ass together. Listen, I'm telling you right now, Damian Lillard and uh, David Robinson's an NBA title. Unabashedly. Really? Unabashedly. Okay. David Robinson in today's NBA is a terrifying force. Oh, it's a cheat code. I People forget David Robinson because, as far as like his game because he was overshadowed by the Shaq era and even Hakeem in, in, the, in those it, times. He's like, got stuck in between Hakeem and Shaq. Yeah. Uh, David Robinson was a shooter. Yeah. Free throw line monster. You're telling me that guy couldn't add a three-point shot to his range with that size? He's, you're talking about basically bigger Giannis. Like, he doesn't have the handle, but, like, the ability to create, play defense, get downhill. Yeah, yeah. David Robinson and Damian Lillard is an NBA title. David Robinson needed, like, 30 or more points the last game of the year for the scoring ch- title, and he, he scored 70. 70. That's a big 70. scoring 70. Un- I mean, just, 
And by the way, it's very reminiscent to me. It, the circumstance is a little different. I think Robinson that year broke his arm, and they were like, okay, let's just pack this in, Tim Duncan. This this is before, like, tanking was a thing. This is really kind of where it originated, to be honest. Oh, Pop, Pop, Pop's the OG in some of this stuff. Yeah. The load management, the tanking. Like... Did not play rest. Did not play old. Right, yes. Did not play at rest and old, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this is a live question from Jack Strang. Danny, would you trade a top four pick for a one year rental of LeBron? Four years ago, yes. Now, no. Time is undefeated, and you are starting. You are starting to see it catch up, LeBron James. Ankle here, back there, hammy there. There's there's no amount of million dollar therapy and taking care of your body that will that will be defeat father time and it's it's he's missing games finally much honestly he's been the most durable big man in nba history outside of Shaquille o'neal that that's that's it's like because lebron's not a wing he's a big let's just call it what he is he's a big and it's at this point in time mm, it's you know what about you would you would you do it for one year the question was for danny it wasn't for Danny no, and Brandon. I'm asking you, would you do it? Um, it's a tough call. I, I would have to spend legitimately 24 hours to think about that because not, not right now, but like in the hypothetical mm. world, because I just value Dame so much and want him to get a chip. Mm. And while you're not wrong, I mean, he showed this his first year in LA. He missed 27 games with his hamstring injury, yep. um, which was legit. And then obviously they won the championship and then he got banged up at the end of last season. And now it's happening again. I would have no doubts. He would miss games, Uh, but it's LeBron James and like LeBron next year with Damian Lillard next year is LeBron Dame. Ant is a terrifying offense in the Western conference. You've got to add more bodies to that team, but LeBron's also Ben McLemore out there at another shooter. Like, just get shooters around him and call it good. The Lakers were better when LeBron was a center this year anyway. So I would really have to think long and hard on that. Ultimately, I think I land on the no. And that, that pains me because I'm a super big LeBron no, fan. I, I am too. But I'm... you are, I mean, you really are. You're, you're risking it. And you're saying these next two years, we got to win. Because LeBron, two years from now, I he's mean, he's going to be. He'll be in the league. He'll be like, 40. Yeah, and, and that'll kind of be the tail, the start of the tail end. So it's like a one- or two-year window, yeah. and you, you need a lot of S to go your way to win a championship sometimes, and that's a lot to rely again, on. So. four years ago, I'd do it. Three years ago, I'd do it. But again, LeBron will ago, be 40 in two years. Two years ago, though, i do this. It's just... It's crazy. There's a few people in the chat that are surprised that I knew what a furry was and was so quick to have my answer. Listen, folks. I'm just glad. I'm not, I'm not here kink shaming, okay? Yeah, well, I, I know it's not a kink shame, but I, I was not familiar enough with that world. Okay, well, um, you're just missing out. I thought it was the animatronic animals that they used to sell. What are those called? Oh, yeah, like the Chuck E. Cheese ones? No, but the little, you know, they're like this big in their Oh, it's a Furby. Furby. With a, with a That's B. What it was. Those things That's are terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Um, Keeley at Lofgren 360 if the Trailblazers luck out in the lottery end up with a player like Jabari does that change the idea of trading for Jeremy Grant what do you say no really no because I think it does go get I, more I, go get more talent I, I don't disagree 
but I think they may try to look somewhere else. Well, I mean, if something else opens up, sure. But right now what we know, if it's Jeremy Grant or role guy, you know, and you can argue Jeremy Grant's a role guy himself, but like, you know what I mean? The next level down, go give me, go give me the best player. We'll figure that out. That's fine. But uh, like talking about positional like versatility and how things would kind of line up. Jabari's a four five and Jeremy Grant's really kind of a four three. Like mostly a four can play some three. Like if you, if I had to do a minutes dispersion, like 80% of the four, 20% of the three, like Portland still doesn't have a three. They don't have like a, a true dyed in the wool wing in this scenario. So Jeremy's, uh, I mean, Jabari's what? Six ten. Yeah. He's legit six ten, and we'll play some small ball five in his career. I'm a hundred percent certain sure. of that. So, um, well, you should play small ball five here if Portland can get him. I would start that next oh, yeah. year. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, no. You, yeah, yeah go, when you go small, take Nurk off the floor, put Jabari yeah. at the five for a little bit. Yeah, no, that's that's that's, that's, that's like, again, like Richard Lewis, you know, a pure hellscape for teams to try to cover or when the Nets and the Warriors have done it with kind of KD as a quasi-five. It's like, what do you do with a guy like athletically who's at that and can stretch your defense out? And he's like, oh, this is a problem. You you stagger, the, you stagger the rotation where you're getting Ant and Jabari together because that's also something you'd be building on for the future is having those two guys have that chemistry. Yeah. This is just kind of figuring that stuff out. Uh, we're just gonna, we're a couple more and then we'll get out of here. And again, thank you guys so much. Like, rate, review, subscribe, help us grow the show. If you're new here, well, welcome. We appreciate you. Uh, if you're returning, we appreciate you as well. Uh, again, help us kind of get back to the grind. If you're, again, if you're new here or if you haven't subscribed yet, please click subscribe on the show. Uh, it's free. It's easy. Uh, it helps us beat the almighty algorithm. Remember, we're available wherever you get podcasts. So whenever we get done with these shows, I take them and I load them up into the podcast feed and they're available the next day. So if you miss out, you can catch us on the morning drive. Uh, this is Justin Ross. Danny mentioned Cam Johnson as a potential target in the offseason in the last pod. What other guys do you see Portland targeting in the offseason not named Jeremy Grant? And we've kind of danced around this a little bit, but the reason I, I have, I've held off is because we won't know until a team falls out. We won't know what guys shake out. If the Suns fall on their face, if they don't do what they're supposed to do, I could see some pretty drastic changes in Phoenix. The same what thing about the, the Warriors Celtics. who look like a fading team right now? I can very much see Draymond Green asking out because they are trying to do what the Blazers are attempting to do, which is this idea of living in both worlds, chasing a ring and being ready for the next group. Well, and I also wouldn't be stunned if Steve Kerr walked away. Well, I'll tell you this. He's got a 34% winning percentage without Steph Curry in his career. <laughs> well, it's weird. It? All, it's weird how you, a coach's record is immediately reflective of having nothing but just Hall of Fame caliber players up and down his roster. Well, what's funny is I know what you're doing, and we both agree on this topic. So it's just like, yeah, well, what's Phil's record without uh, Kobe and Jordan? And it's like, oh, yeah, he was a Knicks coach. They were awful. Mm-hmm. But yeah. so I just sort of wanted to throw that in there just because I saw it the other day. He's there. I think they're 44 and 88 without Steph. I just I don't know I don't I don't know why I said that like I was watching him last night he got ejected in that Minnesota game oh he's he's very clearly oh, no, irritated not Minnesota um, Memphis yeah and I just thought I that would be out of left field but I wouldn't be that floored by the announcement I think his kids are at a certain age like I could I could see yeah. Steve Kerr taking a break for four a sabbatical four, three, four years just yeah, just, just pulling a Phil Jackson waiting for another Hall of Fame group why not. Why, why would you – who did he play for? He's a big – you know, he – by all that's what reports, he kind of operates very similar, Phil, in terms of, like, relating to guys and having good relationships mm-hmm. and talking. Like, 
I just I wouldn't be shocked by that. I really wouldn't. So it's uh it's interesting to see what which teams kind of shake out, right? And as much as I can say I want to see Portland chase this guy or that guy, I, I have very much heard Cam Johnson's name. That is a targeted name I have heard come up in conversations. That would be uh, an amazing asset. Yes. Uh and that's that's your that's your three four. Yeah. Like if your lineup going into next season was Dame Ant, Cam, Grant Nurkic, and that rookie that you draft comes off the bench with Nas and, and Hart, you have got yourself a basketball team. That's a good basketball team, man. That will make you feel like, hey, maybe they're not going to get picked by anybody, but the West could be a little open, and you give Damian Lillard some space, he'll be able to knock some stuff down. Ginger Dad says, I'm still upset we didn't draft Dylan Brooks. I'm not. I would have liked Dylan Brooks a lot on this team. I just... I know, I can't, I know your position on it, but Dylan Brooks would have been a nice piece to have. Sure. Uh, not sending out Gary Trent Jr. would have kind of replicated the same thing in trading Siege McCollum, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, Joel, Mr. Yolius, uh, CJ Ellaby has done a great job facilitating the tank. Will he be rewarded for this? He's been rewarded. He was drafted and given money. Uh, Screech DiCaprio at Stop It Guy. What does a Miles Bridges trade look like? It doesn't. No. <laughs> Listen, as much as Cam Johnson is a guy I'd, I'd love, Miles Bridges is kind of the dream scenario. A guy that you just kind of throw it in there, can take over a basketball game, is a physical freak, good defender, solid playmaker, uh, and just l- lives to catch bodies. Yep. I don't think there's any chance he's getting out of there. No. Um, do, 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 do. And then this is another one from Brandon Johnson. At Brandon at Brand John three three three. Another one, if you please. Big picture view. Did the Blazers screw the pooch by trading Gary Trent Jr. away at all? Screw the pooch? No. Did Neil's hubris get in the way and force them to make a bad move? Yes. Yes, they did. I don't think nothing to add. Exactly the right answer. I, I don't think there's like any debating that. Um, as far as that, uh, and other than that, I think that's where we're going to wrap up. We uh, I got some more questions in here. Um, Shelby Rice, this is a no, question. We could carry some of these for hold all. Yeah, as I say, I've got so many here. Oh, thank you. You're very good at this. But I wanted to acknowledge this because you and I talked about this right before we came on. Shelby Rice sent in a question at Shelby S. Rice. Would love for you both to predict the 15 man roster for opening night next year. <laughs> we can do this. We can do this honestly after the draft. Or no, not, not after the draft, after the lottery. I think it would be fun. Because then okay. you, you know what kind of pieces are available. Um, and I think that's something we may do is, is, is kind of do it and then like, you know, kind of put it up on maybe in like one of the community posts or something like that. So we can go back and go, ooh, uh, and then go back and kind of check it uh, afterwards. But again, thank you all so very much. We appreciate you. We love you. If you're just getting in or you're just coming in, uh, we're wrapping things up. You can rewatch from the beginning. These are always going to be up there. If you want to wait for a little bit, it'll be up in the podcast feed. These are always available here on YouTube. So, again, thank you all so, so, so very much. We appreciate you. We love you. And, again, thank you for getting us to 3,000. It's been huge. Business breakdown real quick. Uh, I am currently looking for a place to hold our actual draft party. We will have a a live watch party for both the draft and the draft lottery. The one that we have for the draft will be on site somewhere. Uh, I'm not going to say any names until I, I actually lock it down, but it will be a place where, where people can come to. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, beyond that, we've got Hold All on Thursday. I'm going to actually text him as soon as we get done here and figure that out. And then, um, like I said, we've got Jeremy Wu and Ricky O'Donnell from SB Nation and um, 
Sports, Sports Illustrated. Illustrated to take yeah. a look at the NBA draft. So we got a lot of stuff coming up, uh, and we'll have some more stuff coming up uh, for members exclusives as well. So, uh, again, thank you all for being here. We appreciate you. We love you. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Help us grow the show. You can find us on social media at Jack Ramsey's. You can email us, jackramseys at gmail.com. Also, you can follow Jack Ramsey's on Instagram now. Look at that hey, I saw that. Yeah, I, finally, yeah. I finally created it. So. That's a good call. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll do some like uh, some reels and stuff there. Um, I, you, you might even see a Jack Ramsey's TikTok show up, and uh, it's a deep dark world. But listen, I, I got to sell out. Somewhere. Uh, I'm not checking that out. Yeah, you don't have to. It's it's for the kids. <laughs> uh, but you find us on social media at Danny Marang at Brandon Sprague. You know what? I just looked the other day. I haven't checked this in a long time, and um, this is very weird, Brandon. There's eight thousand people out there that are incredibly insane. 8,000 8, people now follow me on Twitter. 8,017. Hey, how about that? An 8,000 guy. I was like, when did that happen? Hey, it's, it's congratulations. Weird. Uh, I was just weird. Again, I, again, thank you all for, for... Two away from 10. When that happens, that's terrifying. That, that gets like people actually give a damn, and I, I don't think that's ever a good thing. <laughs> it's always a great thing. But again, the, the support and the love, the feedback, everything has been tremendous. We love you guys so much. Uh, we will catch you on Thursday for Hold All, tomorrow for the watch party. Uh, obviously, C.J. McCollum and the Pelicans will be back in the town. That'll be probably the most interesting game left the rest of the season um, as far as uh, a pregame. Well, actually, they play the Pelicans twice, don't they? Uh, I think it's the Pelicans, yeah. I think yeah. they have the Thunder twice in this span, too. Yeah, so there's 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 some intriguing matchups as far as um, lottery standings and guys coming back in. So uh, we appreciate you. And Ginger Fitz says, have a good night, y'all. Dirt and Sprague in the AM. That's right. Flip it over to 1080 from 6 to 9 and, and catch the homies in the morning. Uh, one of those times we'll, dra- we'll drag Dirt into this just because uh, I like to watch him <laughs> scream. Uh, you guys have a great night. We appreciate you. We love you. Talk to you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.